Everyone, welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Celtics basketball is back. The vibes are immaculate once again after a slightly non-immaculate stretch there. I'm joined by Wayne Spoony as usual. How are you, mate? Dude, I'm doing great. Hey, sometimes a championship contender goes against a team that's, you know, bottom half of the Easter Conference, and that's what it looks like. God damn, that was good. That's right. And I'm joined by Jackson wearing a beautiful jacket. Love it. How are you going, mate? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, I thought I'd bust it out whenever there's a 30-point win or more this season. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll start yeah. yeah. It's the first one, so why not? Let's get yeah. a tradition going. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's hope that we see that jacket a lot this year then. And hopefully this I is a sign of things to come. Plan on never taking it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have. All righty. Let's, uh, let's dive right in. I mean, awesome game. Um, question I had kind of coming into this one was how were the vibes going to be post the Udoka situation. Um, Spoonie, they looked pretty good. How did you feel watching these fellas? Look, man, I am extremely biased for Joe Missoula, right? Like he, I'm also an alumni of WVU. He was here a um, little bit before me, but barely. He coached at Fairmont State, which is about 15 minutes south of where I am currently sitting. He's bent. He's the only guy, the only assistant that survived the turnover from Brad to Udoka. And I feel like that says something about who he is as a coach, as a basketball mind, and as a person. Obviously, he's got the dark past, but sometimes that mm-hmm. makes you a better person when you overcome that. Um, I love what he said in interviews. And man, the dudes just looked like they were having fun. It looked like, you know, the end of last year when we were beating everybody by 20 points. So I don't know how else we can come away other than to say, like, looks like they haven't skipped a beat without Udoka, which is, you know, I think we would all be, you know, we're not crazy for being worried about that, right? It, it looked to me like exactly like we picked off, yeah, where we left off from from last year, particularly in the regular season, um, at least, Um you know, his impact is going to be, this is a doke I'm talking about, his impact is going to be on that team for a while to come. You know, yeah. what he's done, I wouldn't dare say it's it's irrelevant or anything, but as far as like the team plays, you can see they've taken the lessons that they needed to from a doker and it's carried on here. It blows my mind that Joe Mazzola is my age. Can I just say? Like, <laughs> right? Oh, man. Like, I look at myself, I've just woken up, I'm in my pajama pants watching a TV and here's a dude that was born the same year as me. Um, coaching the Celtics, so um, you know, <laughs> power to him, dude. Um, I, I was I was pretty impressed by by what I seen. Uh, given it was just the first you know game of the preseason, really. Yeah, I mean, impossible to not like what we saw from the first game. Uh, I thought that last year's identity appears to be intact. The mm. the post January, the post whatever the first half of the year was last year seems to be there. Really intense defense. Sharing the ball, diving on the floor, bench mob, everything that we grew accustomed Turnovers. to seeing in the second half of Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, everything that we grew accustomed to seeing, we got to see today, right? And I think that um that's gonna be key to getting off to a, a strong start and picking up from where they left off. I mean, I watched the Wizards and Warriors kind of preseason game yesterday. Yeah, that was Defensive not, intensity. Yeah. <laughs> not the same thing, dude. Non-existent, yeah. No. Those guys are on holiday. Like, They're playing accordingly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Aren't they in Japan, for, literally, yeah. I think? Yeah. Yeah. Too, too full Correct. of sushi or something. Yeah. Try properly. Yeah, yeah. And, and fair enough. They just won a championship. And, like, you know, if anyone's yeah. going to take the preseason kind of um, not seriously, the Warriors have every, every right to do that. Um, mm. But... I, I think there's been a little um, little chatter about, you know, are the Celtics going to kind of rest on their laurels um, or, are, you know, when we saw in the playoffs, win one, lose one, are we going to kind of experience that to start the year? The fact that they were flying around on defense to, to start the game, I think is an incredibly good sign. And can I just say, Jackson, you, that was, it's hilarious you said that because I was just thinking um, that like, I'm used to being older than the players now at 35. <laughs> 
But now I am not. You, I'm not ready to be in a point in my life where I'm older than the coaches. You could have and- bullied that guy at school. <laughs> not, not that you would have, but you could have because you're just bigger. Right. <laughs> and now I'm here. I'm literally older than the coach, not by much, but I am older than him. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. But if they keep winning games, I don't give a shit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, you could have been hazing him back at WVO. You and you were never right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Joe, Joe was much cooler than me. I can assure you of that. <laughs> Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, yeah. All right, second big question: the big man battle. Noel Vonley was the first big off the bench. Um, Spoons, what were your impressions of of Vonley in this one? I I think I I don't want to be negative after such a yeah. bloodbath, but I I'm just don't see it with Vonley, man. Like he is a foul maven that has plagued his career. Yeah. What he's like late twenties now. At some point, you'd think like a guy's gonna stop doing stupid shit when he plays basketball, but it's like he cannot help himself. He had that like dumb foul on an inbounds. He's, you know, he's like really quick with the screens and he, he clips fouls there. And I thought we kind of got battered on the boards a little bit when he was out there at center. And it's like if you, one thing you want like your third or fourth center to do is at least grab some rebounds. But Vonley has a little bit of skill. Um, I don't know. I just I just don't really see it with him, unfortunately. But he's a mass guy. So I really want to see him succeed. Uh but, you know, maybe he grabs one of those last bench spots. But I, I think I'm probably going to be a little lower on Vonley than others. Yeah. You, you just feel like there's so much more upside to Kevin Gelly. Um, and given what we saw today, I would probably Hell have yeah. him ahead in the pecking order as well, too. Just seems yes. more of an exciting player. Um, you know, not to be down on Vonley or anything like that. But from what I saw, yeah, Kevin Gelly is probably ahead of him at the moment. And I don't see him relinquishing that spot unless... Touch wood, we have another injury, um, which is not impossible. But based on today's nope. evidence, I, <laughs> I would mean, be, yeah, I would, I would be leaning to Calvin Yellow. Yeah, look, if we're gonna do the the backup big power rankings. After the first preseason game, Kevin Gelly has definitely shot past Vonley. I thought Vonley was atrocious in the in his minutes. Like he can't, yeah. Okay. The, the rebound, All right, he, so I'm not crazy the, then. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought he was terrible. Um, yeah. Like, isn't this whole thing? I thought. Like, I, I, I know I've seen you know people posting his rebound percentage stats on Twitter and stuff, and like that's supposed to be his thing or whatever. I uh, can't say I remember a lot of Noah Vonley. Um, but he, I thought the rebounding was super soft from him, like when he yeah. when he first came on. Um, defensively, he had another moment which was which was bad. Um, Kevin Gelly was everywhere. One thing to I think kind of note though, Kevin Gelly did get to go against all of the backups of the backups, especially like kind of throughout the game. Like Vonley Von came in early and actually had to go against uh, the starters that were playing. But yeah, I, I would like to maybe you know see Missoula now switch that. And see if Kevin Gelly can be the first big off the bench in the next one. Um, Kevin Gelly is exactly yeah. You said it, spoons. Like you want your backup big to just be full of energy, getting rebounds, and he seems to. And like he he has he has that element that Rob gives you that we don't have right now. Like really good at catching lobs, and everybody's looking for him. And I think that that like if he can just do that and provide all that energy, he hit a three today. Not sure how many of those we actually want to take. Shot today, but- I don't think. No, he did not. Yeah. 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 Jake, that's kind of, that's exactly what I'm thinking, right? If you're looking for someone who can at least give you like a bad facsimile of Rob Williams, that guy is Cabagelli. Vonley, like, he was, he was thought of as this big athlete coming out of college, and he just does not seem like that guy to me. And then you see Vaughn, no. or uh, Cabagelli out there, like, catching lobs, flying around doing some dumb stuff on defense because maybe he's trying a little bit too hard, but that's okay. Like that comes with experience that comes with playing. And look, if he shot really well in summer league too, maybe that's not real, but you know, maybe it is like, I think that's interesting. Um, So I, I definitely am. I'm look, I have made my peace with Aaron Neesmith no longer being on this team. <laughs> right. I'm ready to accept a new player into my heart, and that is going to be Kevin Gelly. I can tell you that right now because I love what he brings. <laughs> yeah. He's got that yeah. cold vibe about him already, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people are excited when he gets 100%. On. 100%. And, like, the, the summer league stuff, you know, the nephew of Dikembe, his nephew, right, of Dikembe Matumbo. Yeah, I think so. Um, is he? And yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Cool. So like Even he's better. got he's yeah, he's <laughs> he definitely has that lore element. I can just imagine us playing trivia in a couple of years, like who is the in a, in a ten years, who is the backup center who was the nephew of Dikembe Mutumba? It'll be and it's gonna be yeah. Kevin Gelly. Um and I think what what was I gonna say? Um com- completely forgot, but um you know, That's we, right, we, we don't have Cornets. <laughs> we don't have we don't have Cornet right now, and obviously don't have Blake Griffin who we'll get to um later as well but yeah it's it's definitely going to be something that we're gonna to have to monitor um as we as we keep going through the the backup big thing Any, anything else from the backup big point of view um before we move on yeah real quick on cornet has cornet become overrated without doing anything all i keep yeah. hearing is how oh, he's so much better than you think he is he's so much better than you think he is like is he even scal <laughs> was saying it jackson yeah, I mean, he I'm, like I'm opened all- the game i'm all for like the positivity and like i've seen flashes definitely but like he needs to get so much more like imposing or, or or skillful, and if he's found it, sweet, I'll happily look like a a, a very silly person in a three and four months time. But I don't know. I just the vibes for for Cornet yeah. are just like so high now. <laughs> I just don't understand where they came from. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it's it, earlier. It was actually agreed with that he was underrated. I do think that it was like oh Luke Cornet bounced around, and I was like oh you know look. He's seven foot tall. He's kind of skilled. He seems to be in the right places. So now it's like, oh, it's fine. Rob's out for three months. We've got Cornette. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we got Luke. Kind of- <laughs> it reminds me of Romeo Langford to some degree. Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. If Langford gets back, it's going to be great. It's like he's played like four games. So yes. It doesn't look that great. <laughs> yes. But again, yes. I hope I'm wrong because I would love I would love nothing more than the success yeah. story this year to be Luke Cornette being the, the viable <laughs> sure. backup big, the number one backup big. <laughs> That's right, Big Bird. Um, I like to call him. I remember the thing I was going to say. I noticed in one of the interviews from training camp, Jalen referred to as Cam McGilly as Fee, um, and just like a passing Ooh, comment on how he right. was playing really well. One nickname, which is positive, means that he's part of the part of the crew. And two, Jalen kind of went out of his way to mention that he'd been playing well. So I think that's just little breadcrumbs to to pick up, um, and hopefully that that leads to to more things yeah um, jake real quick I, yeah. actually tatum had a very similar quote where he made fun of grant but in that quote he was like luke you know he's been here cabin gaylay <laughs> he, he's athletic he gets in the air he can shoot like it, it was almost kind of effusive okay. for cabin gaylay and he was like cornet is a human that's living I, on I the like team <laughs> and grant's short <laughs> but it's he, like I don't, they, these guys see that. it yeah. yeah, I love how much Tatum likes calling Grant short, and I swear every chance he gets, he's like, "Yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm way taller than Grant." But like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's awesome. All right, moving on to, I was interested to see what the starting lineup was going to be. I feel like we we kind of knew what it, it was like, going to be. Brogdon coming off the bench, um, but what did you guys think of the smart Derek, Jalen, Jason, Al starting lineup um, for today? I I enjoyed it for I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I I couldn't help but think that whenever like we started talking about like starting lineups, I immediately would just flip back to like what's the closing lineup going to be? And I yeah, think yeah. you totally. start with Derek White, but I think you definitely finish um, with Brogdon. So um, I mean, defensively, I like it. Versatility, switchability. You know, it's got all of the hallmarks that we sort of look for. You know, with the team, particularly last year. Um, but I think that goes up a level with Brogdon in place of um, in place of White. But um, as far as starting goes, it, it seems like a sound option yeah. to me, at least until Time Lord gets back. Yeah, one thing I really like about Derek White with the starters is um, the ball sticks with that starting lineup sometimes. Uh, it mm-hmm. got less of a problem later on in the season. And Brogdon, the ball can get a little sticky with him too. He's kind of like Tatum in that way where he's good enough that it doesn't matter. But Derek White, the ball, that dude is like, it's hot potato. Dude, Him and Rob, yes. it's just like, boop, 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 balls back and around. And so I like kind of setting the tone early with the ball movement with Derek White out there. If Rob's not going to play, you kind of replace like for like with the ball movement. And then Derek White, you know he's going to absolutely fucking bring it on the defensive end nonstop. And he's not going to have the offensive load that Brogdon is because Brogdon's going to be expected to like play make and be a primary facilitator mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. We're never going to expect Derek White to do that. Um, so he's going to have all that energy on defense. So I actually really like that um, we're going with 
Derek White starting, at least in this first game. I I wonder if Missoula will switch it up. Dude, we have very similar cats, Jackson. Gray with the white on the belly, so no big yeah. deal. But <laughs> and total photo bombs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I liked I liked seeing White out there with them, and um, I don't know, Jake. Did you think he looked more comfortable uh, in this game than he did previously, or or what? Big time. Yeah, I yeah. I love that that point. Both of those points. One about the stickiness. I love how quick he makes his decisions. Like he is so clearly from the school of Popovich, like that, that 0.5 seconds school foot catch pass shoot. He is off to the races. Um, and then defensively as well, as you said, he brings it. And I think that's something that we saw uh, we a little bit in the first half of the year last year, and maybe even the last couple of years was some slow starts from the Celtics and Derek White gets the pace moving pushes it up the court, brings the defense intensity, gets you a turnover, gets you a charge. Anything, and like Marcus always starts like that too, but sometimes, you know, Jalen and Jason might just kind of find their way into the game. Having another guy like that, that's just like ready to go from the jump. Like there's nothing, there's nothing better, especially with the way that this team has the ability to snowball on other teams. If you get out to quick starts on other teams, other te- yeah. And we saw it so much in like January, February, March, like all of a sudden it was like 18-2 against that many teams. So when you get up to quick starts, um, I think he's, you know, when, when you're replacing Rob, you know, you're not going to replace that defensive presence in the middle. But Derek does a pretty good, damn good job of, of feeling that. You mentioned Brogdon and how we're all pretty comfortable with him um, in that six-man role. Um, I, I think it was a bit of a mixed bag from what we saw from Brogdon today, but... Um, Jackson, I know you, you locked into that second quarter and which was kind of Brogdon time. What do you think of him? Yeah, the, the start of the second quarter and pretty much throughout the second quarter, it appeared the game plan was just like, you know, you push, get, get the ball, push it in transition as hard as you can and you kick it out or you lay it in. Brogdon just had a period where he was, he was just doing that like at will and we were getting transition threes. I even found Hauser, I think, open for one who just dribbled mm-hmm. it between his legs. Yeah, that so was nice. More. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like I, there was a very clear, like quick, intent that you could see there so and i think obviously coming off the bench and going up either against like the next round of guys or you know playing on some guards or or a team that potentially be fatigued uh works a great deal but um no i liked everything i saw from brogdon as well on a a totally unanalytical side of things i also appreciate the fact (laughs) he doesn't have any wristbands sleeves legs he's like he's like a day one like nba 2k my player just 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 nothing but just the basics there and something about that that yeah there's something (laughs) about that that i just i I dig um but no i I, um you're (laughs) right i didn't think he started particularly well but that second quarter stretch i was like yeah this is Mm -hmm. this is what i came to see and i'm i'm enjoying it (laughs) Hundred percent. Yeah, he spins. He's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna have to feel himself out into into the role. I think. Um, and I. That's another thing I like about starting Derek White because it looks like Missoula's just saying like, "You are a six man, Brogdon. When you get in, you're gonna be the guy. So you're gonna get the ball. You're gonna do your thing. Um, and that allows him to just be at his best because he is. I mean, him going against bench guards is like a joke, man. Like he was saucing people. It's in the second Dude. half too, especially once they got into the deeper benches. Yeah, he is really, really talented getting to the rim and finding people. Um, like it's just such a luxury to have a guy who can be like a legitimate primary ball handler on a not bad team coming off the bench for you. Mm. He, he, that's that second quarter. When there, there was there was no Jalen, no Jason. I don't think there was Marcus on the court either. He, he was purely like, "You're going to run the show." Yeah, Hauser was out there. You hit him for at least one three, maybe even two. The fact that he can be your your guy. One, I'm stoked that they're keeping him at six man because I've I've already placed my Malcolm Brogdon to win six man of the year <laughs> bet. Um, I think that's like wise. That thirteen to one is just juicy as. Um, so that's beautiful, and yeah, like. I think early, and I think that's this is totally fine. He was pretty confused with the switching defense and, and like the actual speed of definitely a preseason NBA game. And like switching in my head sounds like an easier defense, but like we saw it with the Celtics to start the season last year. There was so many blown coverages like in the first month of the season, and it doesn't it just doesn't look like it's something that maybe he's as comfortable with, which. 
I'm not worried in the slightest that he'll that he'll pick up. And so, like, once he gets that together, um, I think he's just gonna, he's going to be the perfect fit. As everybody's kind of been saying the entire offseason, he can guard one through three, um, and he can play off the ball. His 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 release is very odd, and getting used to like just watching that is going to be um, an adjustment. But he knocked down what two two threes late, like. He can literally do it all to have that be your third guard coming off the bench um, that you can close with, start with, play in three guard lineups. Um, the versatility is just completely off the charts. Uh, yeah. Any any, any other, big, other thoughts man. on Brogdon? Yeah, dude. He's, he's big. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like to the switching stuff, the Celtics switch like 85% of the time. But identifying that 15% of the time when you're not supposed to switch is so damn hard. And like we Mm. saw Horford, I think Brogdon's first defensive possession, he blew a switch and Horford's like, get out there, man, get out there. Um, And it's just like really depends on like where the pick's set, on what side of the floor and like who's in the corner. I mean, it is really, really complicated and that's why it's so goddamn effective when they do it right yeah. because it's so fluid and so perfect and it it uh minimizes mismatches because of how they switch and when they switch. Um so he'll come along. Brogdon's a smart dude, smart player, so I'm not too worried about that. But you're right, Jake. He definitely blew a couple a handful yeah. of switches in this yeah. game. But that's did he, okay. Did he actually play the end of the regular season last year or was he out injured? It was no, like he was out. He, yeah. Yeah, so he was think, this guy injured. Hasn't played, injured. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy hasn't played for a long time, so it's yeah. not yeah, just true. like the regular preseason rust. It's like extends from that, and it's a new system with the switchability and everything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, sure. you're right. It's I, I'm not worried in the slightest because he will learn it and he will get up to speed. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of health with him. That's the only concern. Yeah. I think it's fair to have at this point. For sure, you're trying to teach one guy how to switch as opposed to the entire team um, is a lot easier. Yeah, switch everything except for these specific moments that you kind of can only know by knowing how the other guys on the team play. Like, um, it's Ben Vallis checking in here. Um, I strongly agree that this is a fantastic podcast that you've um, stumbled onto. Um, <laughs> We've got such wonderful informed com- commentary. Yeah, today, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> Non-bias for sure. Um, all right, next next question. I, I personally have like a concern uh, coming into the season is uh, can Tatum get off to a good start compared to his atrocious start last year? Um, didn't look great to me for Tatum today. I didn't think. Nah. Yeah. N- nah, I... I want to think he's just going, you know, at the most pedestrian pace possible. And his pedestrian pace just looks like a slightly below average NBA level game. That's what I choose to believe. But historically, yeah, we've, we've seen him just not show up until, you know, at least the new year or some, or like pre-All-Star break, essentially. So I, just like all of you guys, hope that this is the year he quashes that. And he just comes out of the gates like real hard and it's like almost like sets the MVP narrative like, early regardless mm. of what happens like for the rest of the season just you get out there and you like you know you know announce yourself for the most part but yeah no it was probably your typical you know first 10 20 game Tatum stat line and performance um today so I'm not super confident that he's going to get off to a great start just based on history um but again I it's it's preseason it's game one of preseason so I, I it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if he just was like you know what I think we're good here. Jalen appears to be cooking, so I'm just gonna just you know <laughs> just take just yeah. chill. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I do. I do think he seemed like he was making a point to move the ball a little quicker, yep. or at least on his drives, he seemed to be passing more often as opposed to like forcing up. Like Jake, you just had that awesome video. Uh, if you're listening to this, go check it out. It's on our YouTube where he forces up these like wacky floaters and like bullshit, like soft ass layups. And it seemed like he was doing a little bit less of that. He took eight threes and 11 shots. So to me, that seems like this is like Tatum saying, I'm not going to get hurt. You know what I mean? I'm just going to launch up some shots. But every time he went to the rim, it seemed like he either got all the way to the rim and laid it up. Or if he didn't, he was passing it out, um, which I'm fine with. That's what we want from him, right? Like, if he's not going to get all the way there, just kick it out. Somebody's going to be open. So, um, yeah, 
Not a great game yeah. for Tatum. Not worried, but I also don't think he's going to probably come out gangbusters because he just never does. Mm. He just never. Yeah. I I had I had some higher hopes just because he hit every shot he took in that like first quarter of the pro am with LeBron and Chet. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe he's just gonna hit every shot. And so like the taking the eight threes thing because he knows. I swear I say this sometimes because he knows he's such a good shooter, and he's like missing these open ones. He's like, I I know I can make all of these shots. I need to knock them down. And then he I'd, I'd have to check, but like he knocked two like two of the eight. Is from three, I swear two of them kind of came close together and later in the game because yep. the the ones previous were, were like there was an in and out. Um, and he's Tatum, he, he just needs to find his range in the field more so than other players, it feels like, after taking a break. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I, the good the good thing is our expectations for his early season are quite low and we're kind of ready for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and and at least the all the other parts of the team and the, like the defense and the moving of the ball, all that stuff will probably um, not like you know because all of that stuff was happening in an, on an, in a negative way to start the year last year. It led to some really poor results. If that's like kind of the only thing that's happening with the incredible defense and the high level of ball movement, it won't be as big of a deal, I don't think. Um, but yeah, and I thought he played well off the ball. He had like two. Really nice cuts, yeah. one that led to a Marcus three. I think he finished another one. Um, and that just seemed to be a focus of not just Tatum, but the team in general, which is, I think, a really good sign, um, which is, you know, led to a lot of turnovers, which we might get to in a little bit, but um, at least it's coming off um, trying to fit the ball into some some tight windows by passing. The other J, you mentioned Jackson. Um, oh, Jayden man. Bay. Oh man, thick like, J, thick J, athletic J. Like this, this guy looks bigger, faster, stronger, all of the above. Um, those underwater workouts with dumbbells. I got to get in the pool. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's pool workouts are no joke, yeah. man. I did one once with no. a group of old ladies. I'm like, this would be easy. No, sweaty in the water. It's weird. So yeah, yeah. no, he's he's mastered yeah. that. It does make um, sense why those old ladies are so athletic. But yeah, go on. Yeah, right. No, um, we just <laughs> talked about how Tatum historically just doesn't start well. Well, historically, yeah. Jalen Brown has just been better every single year he's played. And it's yeah. it's almost like pretty apparent like from the get-go. I think the year he signed the extension, we played the sixes. And I think he had eight points. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, this is what a waste of money. And then he just proceeded to just like go on an absolute tear after that. And- so yeah, and the opening game of last season, the 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 loss against the Knicks, yeah. he was just hitting some absolute bullshit threes and just yeah. everything really. So again, caveat it with the first game of the preseason, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it just looks like he is again. He's just continuing on that trajectory, man. He just keep getting, just keeps going higher and higher. And you know, he probably wants that all star. Oh, the all star. He probably wants that all NBA spot to get that to get that money that he's yep. that he um, yes. so clearly deserves. So no nah, man, I, I, I everything I've seen, I saw from Jalen this morning, um, just says me he's he's just going to continue that improvement that he's been on. Yeah, and uh, I, I, he's his first step is so incredibly quick, and it has been oh. since day one. And as he adds strength and weight, it's not slowed down, and that's actually I think just goes to how incredible of an athlete he is. Uh, so he had that one drive, I think it was in the first quarter, where he, like Lamelo yeah. like bounced Lamello, off dude, of you, him, yeah, just got <laughs> yeah. rid of him, and he <laughs> just like dunked it all over him. And if he's gonna add even more strength than he already has, because he's already incredibly difficult to stop when he gets ahead of steam. Like I don't even care if he doesn't add playmaking to his game because <laughs> with the addition of Derek White, Marcus Smart, Rob when he's healthy, and Tatum clearly is like really developing in that facet. He doesn't even really need it. We almost need a guy who's just like, just be an elite finisher. That's all you need to do. Like go out there and get high twenties on super efficiency. And like, we don't even care if you're playmaking Um, because especially now with Brogdon, like the downside last year was when Tatum came off, we didn't have kind of that offensive hub. Well, now with Brogdon, we do. 
So we don't need Jalen to kind of be that guy. And he's never been that guy. I don't think he'll ever be that guy. So if he's just been like, all right, I'm just going to turn myself into like this absolute destructive finisher at the rim, even more so than he already was. I mean, I'm excited. He looks so fucking good. That one fall away he had where he like (sighs) cut low and then cut back out, got the pass. And ah, man, it was so slick. So smooth. He's so goddamn good. Yeah. He, he had the (laughs) factory. Yeah, dude. Oh my Another bet. I wish I could find is like, how do I bet on Jalen to make all NBA? Like he, I think, He's on an absolute mission. And I think, you know, Jackson, you said it, he comes in every year better and better and better. And last year, I think, was maybe one of the years where he didn't take a really noticeable jump. Um, but I think because of the wrist surgery in the offseason, it really limited how much work he was able to put in on in the offseason. And so this year, he was healthy coming off the finals, plus the added motivation of um, the, the Durant rumors, the losing the finals, um, the fact that he just has a chip on his shoulder for I don't know what reason, but um, he's clearly worked on absolutely everything. And even in his interviews, he was saying, I'm more explosive. I'm coming. I'm the healthiest I've ever been, best shape of my life. And we hear that from everyone every year, but like you can just see it. And um, he was our best player in the finals too. If everyone else was like nearer to closer to his level, we'd have a, we'd have a banner 18 by now. So he's just continuing as he means to go about it, which is, Good news. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even want him to pass the ball really ever unless it's an easy pass. Like I want him either sh- shooting or driving. Like he's so good at both of those things. And then the bit, as he gets better than that, he's going to get more and more gravity and the passes just get easier and easier. <sighs> Man. The, the off season gets crazy. Um, other teams make moves. Um, but the Celtics just have Jalen and Jason and they keep getting better and better. It's kind of, Kind of unfair, and I don't take it for granted because it's truly incredible. Yeah. Um, someone else who's truly incredible and a fan favorite of uh, of the podcast is House Money, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah House Money, baby. <laughs> Spoonie, I think this is your wheelhouse, mate. Go, go for it. Yeah. All right, so. We've got a Reddit comment here, right? So, Hauser, four for four from three. Obviously, he's making threes. He had that one nice lob to Cabin Galley. But let's talk about something Sam Hauser's not known for. So, we've got a Reddit comment from (laughs) They're Hiding, which is kind of creepy. This is one game against the Hornets, but Hauser really isn't as bad defensively as people were saying. And again... It's one game against the Hornets. Um, I've done a lot yes. of research on Sam Hauser, like divorce yes, level you have investigated on him. Sam Hauser. <laughs> yeah. um, and if if he's allowed to, if he can match up with a bigger wing, like a PJ Washington in this type of game, he's really not too bad, man. Like he's not going to move his feet against a point guard, but he'll get he's smart he'll get his body in front of somebody he'll contest the shot and like look if you finish over him you finish over him and that's okay i mean i don't think he actually played in the competitive portion of this game too i think he was in in the first or second quarter early um and he didn't look out of place defensively at all to me i don't know about you jackson if if you caught the ha- the house money fever um, the, the, the defense was something I wasn't paying particular attention yeah. to, but that run at the start of the second quarter, I think the squad that was in, it was Brogdon, it was Williams, Hauser was a part of it, was the point I was yep. making. And he just did not look out of place. And that's when it really started to, to get away. So, you know, if, if his shot is falling, that's brilliant. If he can add some defense to that as well, then uh, holy shit. Like that's, that's a, that's like an almost a, a better option than having Adino Gallinari in there because, you know, if he can yeah. show a little bit more, a quicker lateral movement and can hold up the defensive end, then, you know, all you got to do is replace the shooting. And, you know, based on today's evidence, he can do that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to use all the house money, man. Whatever the, whatever way, whatever way, whatever we're doing, just, just give it, give it to me all. <laughs> Let's put it all on green. Put it all on green. Yes. Um, he he had he had a few like pretty solid. He had two positions where he got left on alone on an island against Terry Rozier, and um, one he forced like a really tough lap, which he missed. The other one he got cooked. But like Terry's Terry cooks a lot of people. Like he's yeah for sure a really yep. 
Beth. Really, really good offensive uh, player. Um, I feel like, and if you haven't read Spoonie's piece on Sam Hauser, um, is that, that that's that's out right? That's that's on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, it's the, the, the noir. The noir one of the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's incredible. Um, and Thank you. but part of part of part of it was like we don't really know the answer to a lot of the questions about Hauser. Like even the, like we've seen him in bits and pieces. Like the, the fact that we don't really still know if he's good or bad at defense is. It's kind of funny. Like, even in summer league, he, he kind of like tweaked his ankle. We didn't get that ma- that many minutes. So today felt like you know we're getting starting to get answers to, to some of those questions. Warming party. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go one step. I'll go one step further, Jake. The fact that we don't know whether he's bad at defense probably means he's not like unplayable bad, mm. right? Because like. Remember James Young when he would get out there and try to play defense, he would like click his ankles together and like fall down. And it was so obvious he was unplayably bad at defense. And Hauser, look, do I think he's going to be locking up fucking LeBron or something in the playoffs? Hell no. But he might be good enough to play 15 minutes a night on defense. And that's really all you need from him. That's fine. So. I think to your point, Jake, like the fact that we just don't really know yet is probably a good sign. I like that. That's a good galaxy brain theory right there. If we don't know that you suck, surely you can't suck. Yeah. We would, you suck, bad. We would have known it. We would have known it by now. <laughs> exactly. <you> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? Like he's, he's six, nine. How hard can it be to defend NBA athletes when you're that tall um, with, with long arms mm. and, and that's kind of the idea with this team is that like there's going to be four good defenders on the court at all time. And so right. If you all you have to do is kind of be in be in the right spot and and the and the rest should should kind of take care of itself. Um now one while it's amazing that you know he's able to maybe play a little bit of defense what he's got why he's in the NBA is his ability to just be an absolute flamethrower today four from four. And something that stood out to me from the Celtics was the offensive firepower, like the end of the bench or the, the bench, like Grant, Hauser, Pritchard, Brogdon, all like elite shooters. It's just once the ball gets moving and the, the pace gets the pace gets pushed, like these leads that Tatum and Jalen start to like create and then they come off. And then there's this, this barrage, like Pritchard touches the ball off an offensive rebound and just Nets a twenty-seven footer without, without barely touching <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hasn't played an NBA minute in that, that many months and just twenty-seven footer, no problem. Um, yeah, and I think that like we we saw the defense become elite last year, and and towards the end of the year they they finished the the league the season as like a top five or six offense. If they're able to kind of start like that and just destroy people with these these three pointers coming off the bench. It, it can get kind of dangerous. Yeah. Uh the preseason for me is about not get your stars not getting injured and the bench guys showing out. If Tatum, Brown, ever if all that starting five today just just stunk the place out and had like, you know, four field goals between them, they'll be like, yeah, that sucks, but I, I know what they're about. I know what they can do. We've seen it too many times. So that you know that's an anomaly. Whereas if the bench guys all sucked, then you think start thinking to yourself, hmm, here's the chance here's your mm-hmm. chance to sort of like, you know, stake your claim and you've you haven't done it. So what's up with that? So to see pretty much everyone off the bench um contribute, you know, in terms of shooting, in terms of just 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 contributions, really. Like it was all positive. So um, I like that there's going to be a bit of competitiveness to sort of like round out that bench and to be playing to get some minutes there. Um, and to be fair, what did we have? How many threes did we hit? I remember the Charlotte only had- 22, 23? 22, 22 threes yeah. to, to five for Charlotte. So you can you can- <laughs> You can play as bad as you want, but if that's the three-point stat line, then you know, I, you know I'm I'm always confident that that team is going to be is going to win. So yeah, if, if we can just keep shooting like that, then obviously we're going to be fine. Yeah. But, um, it was really reassuring to see the guys you wouldn't necessarily expect to shoot as well um, really take up, really contribute to that stat. Yeah, and Godzilla, go Dzilla in yeah. the chat. 
jumped on the point I was about to make before I could make it. So I thought, so Grant Williams kind of, I, I thought he was good, maybe not great. But he looked so damn decisive when there was mm-hmm. a rotating defense and he got the kick. He had like four or five like strong takes where he made a dribble move, had a crossover. He had that lob to Cabin Gelly that was absolutely yeah. beautiful. He had a couple takes where it's like, who is that man? Is that Grant Williams? <laughs> and, I, and I think that's like the, the yeah, there goes that man, Grant. And I think that's the most important thing he can add to his game. Like, he already has a shot, right? So teams are going to crash on him so hard that if he can play make or get to the rim out of that, he's going to be so goddamn bad. We should sign him tomorrow. Please, Because please. he's going to be worth twice as much by the end of this season if this is real. I just thought he looked so confident with the ball in his hands today. And that is, you know, something you hope your guys can add, like your role players can add, especially mm-hmm. a guy like Grant, who's such a good shooter. And lots of guys just don't do it. Like PJ Tucker, for all his positives, yep. never added that to his game. Duncan Robinson does not have that in his game. And I'm trying to think of a non-Heat player, but I hate them so much. I just want to keep <laughs> ragging on the Heat. Well, like I know Robert Covington yeah. doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Covington doesn't have yeah. that as part of his game. And that's why they're so limited. You know what I mean? You can just kind of... Stick your worst defender on him in the corner and you're fine. Like Grant can post you up. And now if he has some handle and some wiggle with the ball, like he is going to be our, you know, fourth best player in a very fast time. And I thought that was really encouraging from him today. Yeah. You you think this year we're going to see the real succession plan of, you know, Al Horford stepping down and Grant Williams getting in there. That's that's the the narrative I'm sure most fans would like to see happen. Um, But yeah, based on today's evidence, he's definitely he definitely looks like he's gone up a level. He's probably, you know, got that contract year mentality, even though (laughs) you know he's he's just he's trying. He wants that money and he's going to like bust his ass to get it. And I think if everything goes well, you're seeing him not necessarily start over Horford this year, but you see the succession sort of, you know. No doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brock's yeah. the center I, yeah, like, for the future. Grant's mm-hmm. the four. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like, if Grant had just never gotten better from where he ended the playoffs last year, he's going to make $150 million as, as an NBA player. Can yep. guard one through five and is a knockdown shooter. Like, that's a playoff guy for- a decade to come. That was the question for the off season. I think most fans had for him is, can he cr- like form and a closeout offense? And today, I mean, he had that. Yeah, the spin move. Yeah, the lob. Um, like, and and I'm not a a college basketball expert, but like that coming into the NBA, that that was kind of what Grant did coming out of college. A lot of like post game stuff, playmaking out of the post doing a little bit more with the ball in his hands. Um, the fact that he's showing that already um, in game one is is a really big deal. Spoonie, because you, you're, you're across the college basketball a bit more. Um, at Tennessee, right? Like Grant was a bit more of a hub in that kind of thing? Yeah, actually, it's it's funny. I went back and checked Kevin O'Connor's draft guide from oh, Grant's yeah. year. And one of the big things that he talked about why he liked Grant Williams so much had nothing to do with his shooting. It was his passing and playmaking. Mm -hmm. And we've not really seen that from Grant Williams, but it's in there somewhere, right? Like he reads the game defensively so well. Mm -hmm. You got to think he's got to be able to read it on the offensive end. It probably just moves a little too quick for him. And when you don't have the handle, like we see it with Jalen, like, Jalen can read the game. He just doesn't really have the ball handling to make the play at the right time. And if Grant can add that, he I think he's got the instincts to be a really plus passer and plus playmaker for a role player. You know, he's not going to be our offensive hub or anything like that. But like for a role player, he gets one and a half assists, two assists a game. That would be absurd. That would be such a big evolution to his game. So it's just... I mean, Jackson, you were saying it. If he takes over for Horford, Smart's the oldest guy in this starting lineup. And yeah, then it's right. Jalen Brown. <laughs> I mean, that's Mental. fucking nutty, man. That's nutty. Mental, yeah. Well, Crazy. the amount of playmakers we've got we've got around him this year, like I expect yeah. that yeah. to go up organically. But if for he's sure. got that skill set that's as yet untapped from college, then I think we'll see that 
liberated a bit more this year. For sure, yeah. Mm. It's like the whole roster is pretty much Jalen the only one who's not got like that high level passing game, like all the way down or like that kind of natural feel. Like even like houses cuts off ball, like with such yeah. great feel. Derek White, Elite, so. Marcus, yeah. like, like everyone, everyone's like such a good passer. I think, uh, you know, I, I would say Brogdon maybe doesn't quite, he's just so talented getting to the rim that he makes passes easy for himself, but I'm sure. not sure he's kind of like a high level reader of the game. Like Derek White is not nearly as talented as Malcolm Brogdon, but he's almost yeah. as good because he reads the game so damn well. But yeah. I mean, I'm picking nets. I'm just trying to get, like, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I'm just That's trying fair. to he can, he can, we, play we, we, we can do a we can power rank the the passing skill of the Celtics team, and Frogden can be towards the bottom. That's fine, um, but that's a good problem to have <laughs> right. if he's like <laughs> if he's if he's further down the list. Yeah, Godzilla, really good point here. Like the fact that Grant went from Celtics fans wanting to send him to Shanghai to like <laughs> now we're worried that he's going to be making like twenty five million a year if we don't sign him soon. Like, um, it just sure. goes to show you, like. Yeah. Yeah, like the the progression of young players is is not linear, as we hear over and over again. Um, Neesmith's coming into like my brain right now. Um, yeah. So with, wait, with he's going to light it up for Indy. Yeah. He's yeah. going to light it up. <laughs> uh, um, one lineup that we saw today that I don't think we've seen in the past was just like the super duper small lineup where it was. Yep. I, I think Tatum Smart was the tallest player. I think Smart <laughs> yep. was playing the this was center, which I yeah. just can only imagine how much he was enjoying. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do, what do we think about that option? Obviously, like the the big man situation, they're just trying to see what we, what works. That 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 reeked of me of, to me of just like what well, this is the preseason. This is the big man yeah, situation. Let's just see what it looks like when we really try <laughs> and play like you know the the, the sixteen warriors. You know, with you know, you're you're you're, you're antagonizing, <laughs> instigating defensive menace at the center of it, yeah. in the in the in the fire, and then it. just everyone else just switches around and flies about. So I don't know if we'll see it again um, throughout the season, but I mean, it's it's certainly a fun lineup. <laughs> and if you can, and I think he, I'm pretty sure he got an offensive rebound like against Plumley yes. as well too. <laughs> he so did. I mean, he definitely can get in there and and can get his his nose in and get those rebounds. So. I don't know. Maybe it's not ridiculous, yeah. but I just don't see it being sustainable or re- particularly reliable, you know, for long stretches. You can't find weird shit that works without trying weird shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mark Jackson <laughs> never played Draymond at center. He just didn't do it. He had Bogut. He just was too rigid. Festus Azili. <laughs> yeah, fe- exactly. Yeah, Festus fucking Azili. And when you try weird shit, 90% of the time it's going to fail and then 10% of the time you're going to find something that works. So if defensively you've got Marcus Smart guarding a center and offensively Jason Tatum's your center, <laughs> like who knows? Maybe it can work. Yeah. Probably not, but it's preseason game 1. I would say try it in the regular season yeah. for at least a couple weeks. Like why the hell not? That's what I want out of my head coach. So I actually think it's a really positive sign for Missoula that he's willing mm-hmm. to do like brad stevens used to experiment people would get so yes. mad at brad for his rotations in the <laughs> yeah. first part of the year because he would be like throw i'll throw david lee out there and like <laughs> and amir johnson <laughs> and evan turner and it's like no one can shoot brad what are you doing it's like, I don't know, why not well, like it may probably won't work but let's try it so david lee, um, that's such i was into guy. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, one of my first uh, Reddit posts, Jackson, is me railing against Brad for playing David Lee. So, <laughs> <laughs> no way. There you go. It's yeah. important to have a timestamp yeah, but- of how your, your yeah. opinions change over time. So, no, <laughs> yeah. it's a positive. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, why the we're hell all, not, We're man? all growing. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Like, look, I will, I will never forget the image of Marcus Smart blocking Bam Adebayo at the rim, right, when he was trying to dunk on him. Like... They have the kinds of guys that can play up and be versatile and do all kinds of things. 100% think it's worth trying. Um, I don't think Grant was out there during that stretch. Um, so that might, it might make more sense to put him out there in a lineup like that. Um, yeah, but I like what I'm seeing from, from Joe. Try it out. Um, we'll we'll kind of get 
towards the end here. Um, man, this team's so deep that like JD Davidson and the summer league guys barely get in the court on even a preseason game. Um, Spoons did an awesome video on uh, JD Davidson earlier in the year after summer league, and he looked good again. Spoons, what do you reckon? Tell me he doesn't look like Ish Smith. Oh, tell me he doesn't look like goal. Ish Smith. Just super can't shoot, but he's just so fast in the open court. Knows how to pass a little bit. Just beats people with his speed and causes mayhem on both ends because he's so fast. Like this dude is Ish Smith, and Ish Smith ain't an all star, but he's been like a fifteen year NBA vet. He's about to break the record for most NBA teams he's been on. Like some guys. <laughs> <laughs> Our team runs so deep it puts it puts JD's ass to sleep. Uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, but some guys just know how to play basketball, man. Like, and I just get the feeling from JD the way he understands like spacing when he's running the pick and high pick and roll. Like, he just is a baller, dude, and he's so fucking athletic. I, I think he's gonna be at least in the league for a while and for the 53rd mm. pick that's absurd yeah if there's going to be an ish smith clone i want him on the team rather than yes going yes against never him. against because then we'll just lose that game so Please. No, it's, it's a good call in that respect at least yeah like he I, he, just, he knows what he's good at and he does that and you, yeah. you, you can't teach elite athleticism um and he has the feel for the lobs so like you're able to get into the paint and you surround him with guys like Kevin Gelly and when Rob gets back, like it's only, it's only so so badly things can go wrong, you know? Um so I liked what I saw from him. Justin Jackson continues to be a guy that like I you can't hate as like a fifteenth man, but um probably getting in a little too deep into the weeds there. Um any thoughts on the seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth men? There was one guy I didn't know the name of. Who was he? Number ninety nine? Spoonie? Um, real quick, that was Luka Samanich, but speaking of deep cuts, you don't want to deep cut your ball sack when you're shaving it. So we have a word from our sponsor. This is true. Manscaped. Promo code CRPOD. Smooth sack summer is slowly coming to an end, fellas. And if you haven't been scaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. As summer comes to an end and we enter fall or autumn in Australia, keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for fresh ball fall. The leader in below-the-waist grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girl's pumpkin spice. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men, myself included, worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free shipping with the code CRPOD, CR as in Celtics Reddit pod, at manscaped.com. I know for me, countless times, whenever I've attempted to put in the effort to tidy up down there using non-manscaped products, there's always been this feeling of risk and then sometimes that has actually eventuated in some very painful experiences. But with Manscaped, the confidence factor is extremely high. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to keep your sweet, sweet sack in check. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear, Nose and Hair Trimmer, which unfortunately I'm having to use more and more as I age. I'm serious. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which I should be using more. Crop Reviver Toner. Performance Boxer Briefs, which are extremely comfortable. And a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. All of the above. Their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer features a cutting edge. Don't be alarmed by the term cutting edge. Ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor a new multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Also, did I mention the trimmer is waterproof as well? So whether you're hopping in the shower or hitting up the lake, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Now that your sack is smooth, lather up with Manscaped liquid formulations to get that fresh ball full freshness. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay cool in the heat. 
Their soothing aloe vera formula is the best in the business for below-the-waist freshness, and the clear-drying formula keeps your sack looking and smelling good. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxes and the shed travel bag that'll bring your comfort to another level at home and on the go. Keep yourself groomed from head to toe with their Shears 2.0, a luxury nail grooming kit. This kit includes stainless steel, nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors with the performance package your balls will be ready to impress but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRPOD, as in Celtics Reddit Pod, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping anywhere in the world with the code CRPOD at manscaped.com. Keep things smooth and fresh, as we say, sayonara to smooth ball summer, and enter Fresh Ball Fall. Beautiful. beautiful fresh Ball beautiful, Fall, beautiful. baby. Jake, fresh if ball I may, fall. can, yeah. can I step it. in? So... I think to sum up the game, I got a Reddit comment here. I think there was a lot of good, a lot of bad, not a lot of bad, a little bit of bad, a lot of good. So we got a Reddit comment here from Fortunate Fox. Please tell me this was just a preview of how fun and good we're going to be this season. 41 assists on 48 made shots. I'm fine with the turnovers because there are a lot of new pieces, but man, they are making sure the ball moves. You'll live with turnovers when you see that kind yeah. of return on Bingo. assists to yep. shots made. Yeah, it's 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 yep. part of the process and it's it's working as far as I'm concerned. Forty one. So yeah, that's, it's a, that's absurd. absurd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look one of the one of the things that the Warriors people have said about the Warriors is like their weakness is like they've always been a high turnover team, but that's because yep. they are also one of the, the highest ball movement teams in the league. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Teams, yep. You're gonna yeah, live with it because you're, you're you're yeah. It, it's true of any Cover sport it. as well too. Like you know, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne if at Manchester City, the best passer in the earth, gives the ball away more than anyone else because he tries things, and if you try things, mm-hmm. it'll come off if you're good enough for it. So no, it's a hallmark of a of a of a positive mentality, and it's yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, and because the assists are lead, like obviously they're made baskets, but it's because they're higher percentage shots, right? Like you're generating layups, open threes. That's yeah, fuck. <laughs> that's that's how you um yeah couldn't agree more, uh, uh, Ben on that one. There we go. Um, yeah, you you live with the uh, the turnovers. Um, it is it is something I'm keeping my eye on just because when it does slow down in the playoffs, I guess it's the types of turnovers. Um, it's when you know uh, you're you're getting the live ball turnovers on drives and certain things like that from ISOs that um I'm a, just I have PTSD from. Um, from the Heat and yeah. uh, Warrior series, but um, but yeah, forty-one assists is just <laughs> so many number. <laughs> um, alrighty, to close, there is a new Celtic on the team. His name is uh, Blake Griffin, ex ex All Star. Um, had a pretty had had a moment against the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. Him and Jalen going back and forth. Um. He eventually became barbecue chicken by Jalen Brown, but he put up a good fight there. Um, what are we thinking? What, how we obviously, you know, with the Rob injury and Gallinari injury, there's front court issues. Um, and how do we feel about the Blake Griffin option? Not someone we spoke about at all throughout the offseason, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think if. I think if all goes exactly. well, if all goes well, you never see him on the court. That's because, you know, the young guys that we've got, you know, the big, the bigs are playing well enough and he just doesn't need to get on. Or to flip that, I suppose, we enter, we're in garbage time at the start of the fourth and then he can get some, some sweet little, you know, minutes and the odd blob here and there. But I think it's, I, I think it's not the worst idea to bring a vet on board. I like I like the fact that we are now like a premier ring chasing vet destination mm. as well too. You know, we were linked to Carmelo and now we've gotten Blake Griffin. We'll probably yep. get someone else of that caliber or of that, you know, that uh, that pedigree before the season is out. Um but yeah, I don't expect him to really contribute um that much. Um and yeah, I, I you know, I'm glad he's here. Yeah. I'm glad he's here. You know, he was he was <laughs> him in his prime was just like really when I was starting to get into watching the NBA yeah. and it was just, it was like must see TV. So that's a little bit of the, the there's a bit of a sentimentality factor for me. Um, but beyond that, no, if he, if he never makes the court, then I'll, I'll be just fine with that too. 
Uh, first of all, <laughs> shout out my guy Tom. What's up, dude? Thanks for stopping by. Um, second of all, Blake Griffin has been blessed by Ben, dimension wise. The dude is solid, says Ben Vallis. So we're good there. Um, I, I I tweeted this like Blake can kind of shoot. He can kind of defend a little bit. He could kind of rebound and. He's actually a really good passer too, which is nice. So um, I'm with you, Jackson. Like if Blake Griffin's an important part of this team, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. I'm still team cabin Gelly is kind of that deep center bench guy, but it can't hurt to have a veteran who knows how to play the game. It can pass and shoot a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's just, we got, we're just trying stuff. Again, we got Cabangeli, there's exactly. some Cornette, there's some Blake Griffin, there's some Vonley. It's just like, okay, someone just just rise above a little bit. Um, and having a guy that can sit at the end of the bench that's um, going to be a positive influence on the vibes, I think, is important. He's a funny guy, stand-up comedian, um, so we should get some good some good quotes out of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a guy, that, a guy that can do a little bit of everything, league leader in charges. So between Derek, Marcus, and Blake, that's like... Good. This this team is, takes a lot of We're a lot be of charges. So fucking annoying. We are gonna yeah. be so fucking annoying. <laughs> so annoying. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, he he can play a little four or five or whatever. Like he, I think he fits and can just do a little bit of everything. He's only thirty three. Just get him on the Al Horford program, and he'll be back to dunking over cars in no time. Yeah, yeah, but, um, that's it. Yeah, he's all star <laughs> this year, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what happens when you come into the Celtics ecosystem. You get the um, get the the fountain of youth bump. But um, but yeah, look, fellas. I mean, we did an hour on a Celtics thirty um, point blowout in preseason. Um, that just goes to show how hyped we are for the season, how much the vibes are back. Um, and we appreciate everybody stopping by in the chat today. Um, please give us a like, subscribe. It helps us um, win the everlasting battle against the algorithm. Um, Spoonie, Jackson, pleasure. Great to do the first game of the year with you guys. Hopefully more 30-point win jackets to come. Hell yeah. I'll be ready, Later, boys. I'll be ready. Yeah. <laughs> right, peace. <laughs>